Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you the good news of the parish and to enable you to grow outside of the walls of the church building. So hello and welcome to this week's Connection. Now, what have you been up to this week then, Justin? It's been a really hot week, hasn't it? It certainly has. I mean, it's so hot. It's unbelievable. I mean, we are massively reliant to air conditioning at work. And of course, that's selective when it is on and off. So it has been very warm. And trying to deliver teaching sessions and also respond to emergencies across UH Bristol uh, has been at times very difficult. because It's just so warm. Well, it's been, yeah... uh... I really regret not buying the fair trade shirts now. Oh, okay. Because the fair trade Vicar shirts are a little bit dearer and I didn't really know you could get them. Oh. But they are 100% cotton. Nice. Okay. Right. Well, I'm in sort of the poly cotton sliding <laughs> down the back of a chair. It's oh, just no. been really grim. Oh. You know, really, really grim this week. And of course, we've not been sleeping either because it's been so hot at night, isn't it? You know? Oh, yeah, it's been, it has been pretty. Yeah, you've been sitting there like this, or, or laying down, going like, oh, I can't cope with this. This oh, is just, you know. But yeah, it's been, uh, well, I went up up the mountain this week as well uh, when I went went home to uh, to see my father in law, see how okay. he's getting on. Fantastic. We went up the mountain and went down and we saw a site that you see every summer, which is all the brave let's call them brave or stupid people swimming in the reservoir at the bottom of the mountain <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know what do you think brave or stupid let us know and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goodness be but of course it's been quite difficult to miss the fact that there is this round ball that keeps being kicked from one end of the pitch to the other end of the pitch that seems to populate a lot of our news and newspapers and general conversations with other people yeah it has it I, I, there's the most of World Cup I've ever watched, I think. Okay. Because my daughter really likes football. Okay. Uh, so we've been watching watching the football, and I I'm sort of slightly enjoying it. So I'm I'm a bit I keep on getting confused when they play for ninety minutes, not eighty minutes. Okay. Yes, because of course, listeners, we are big rugby fans. I mean, <laughs> we predominantly are more of the egg shape, and obviously looking forward to the proper World Cup which of course is only next year that's right Yeah, uh, and believe it or not both Howell and I are currently sitting in St Mary's Church whilst every other hairy man in the world is currently watching the game because England is currently playing Croatia as we speak uh, but we're committing ourselves to talk to you guys the listeners at The Connection um, but yeah so we yes the World Cup and we thought it would be completely appropriate to talk about how as Christians we might be tempted to try and influence the outcome by the power of prayer. And and actually, this has been reinforced because only this evening, Justin Welby, the Archbishop, has tweeted to reinforce that, that he said that as the Archbishop, I'm praying for a nice, balanced England versus Croatia match in which the best side wins. Lots of dots at this point. And then suddenly he finishes it off saying, come on, England, it's coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got to admire him. Yeah. He, he reminds me of an old uh, priest we had when I was a child, uh, Father Loosemore, who, when Wales won, uh, uh, won, which wasn't very often in the 80s, but when we did win, he would uh, open uh, the service in the morning by, and we offer this Mass in great thanksgiving for Wales's victory yesterday <laughs> and all that sort of thing. So we always used to do it, and I used to do it in my last parish, uh, Mostly for fun, really, I would yeah, say. You know, yeah. uh, 
you know, and I'm not going to talk about the rugby. I used to say more than anything else. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. Is football and sport in general is is a very religious activity, and yep. I'm I'm always sort of bowled over really by the similarities between how human beings behave in football and how human beings behave in, in churches. Okay, yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, it, they do call it, you know, the hallowed turf. So football has sacred buildings. Yeah. The stadiums. Yeah. And people wear special clothes, you know, so you, you don't go to a, a football or sports match wearing your normal clobber, you know. You, you wear, you know, the football shirt or you wear a big sheep on your head if you're going to see Wales play or... Yep. I was looking at the Belgian fans uh, the match the other night, and they just went crazy. You know, the faces <laughs> painted and all that. It was brilliant. It's unbelievable. I mean, the one thing, I mean, I'm not a big football fan, but obviously getting behind the country, as many people are, some people might say I'm getting on the bandwagon of the whole grand scheme of things, but I, I generally love the idea that when we do well, the teams, there seems to be a lovely community. We all stand together. Uh, and have a commonality. We all think, yeah, let's let's support. And certainly, this last week, there's been more and more England flags appearing on buildings, on cars, just supporting the team. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. Really, is that you know using icons, you know using flags or special clothes and things to point to something that's beyond just us as individuals. Mm. I think that's what we do in church a lot of the time. And personally, I don't think we do enough of it is using uh, symbolism, using uh, sacred spaces, using these things which are deeply human yeah. to bring people together. So in a way, it's, it's interesting. I did my uh, master's uh, dissertation on this, but it was to do with rock music instead of football, but the same thing applies, yeah. is that human beings are naturally ritualistic. Okay. And will naturally always, no matter where you go, will always use symbol, dance, uh, what we would call in church liturgy services. Okay. Yes. So um, the interesting thing about it is um, the favourite old hymns have the same metre as football chants. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah so when you say things something like, Thy be the glory, yeah. risen, conquering son. So you can actually sing yeah. the Christian hymns, the, yeah. the really popular ones, yeah. the ones that really raise the roof. They're at the same metre as a football chant. <laughs> it's really weird. Similarity. So, <laughs> so, but I think it's, yeah, it is good that it brings, it brings that sense of togetherness. Yeah. And it's refreshing, is it? Because there are time and time again stories of people who can't sh put their flags up, they can't show their identity. Uh, and, you know, we, we've had many of a story that people couldn't have the Union Jack and, and of course, the England flag and, and the St George's Cross on buildings at times. And, and it's quite nice that now that's all kind of thrown out of the way. Everyone's got one and everyone's accepting that it's part of the football. So it's lovely to see that imagery and that symbolism. Uh, and there's a lot of that in the church. And I think you're right, Hal. I think we do need to make more of a poignant element in making our image using symbols um, to, to kind of really show what we do. 
But the question is, that is on the lips, because I've heard a lot of people who aren't regular churchgoers, is that can the power of prayer influence the outcome of a game? Well, this, this question always makes me think of a, a time when I was in Market Drayton Cemetery, uh, standing by a grave, and we just finished this funeral, and it was the guy who was there was from the British Legion, and okay. there was quite a few blokes there who were Welsh, you know, and they all shuffled up for me, and they nudged me in the ribs, and they said, "Say one for the Six Nations, Willow." <laughs> I said, "I said." I, I turned around and said, "Well, we're beyond hope for that, boys." You know? yeah. But I think, in a way, I would say, what that reveals is a misunderstanding of what prayer is. Okay, because of course we know a lot of people. Yeah. use prayer as a shopping list they they yeah. generate a bit of a tick box i would like this this and this like writing to santa it's like writing to god what you want and i see it a lot of people kind of generating i want this to happen god please make it happen um and i think you're right it's it, it goes back to um the to give you the history of it i suppose is the big difference between judaism Christianity, which comes from Judaism, and all the other religions which were around at the time, is that say you were a, a worshipper of Dionysus or something like that, okay. is in the, the ancient Greek world, what you would do was, if you wanted what Dionysus gave you, right, because they all symbolise different aspects of human life, so Mars is the god of war, so if you wanted to win the battle, you would sacrifice to Mars. Okay. So you try and buy off Mars yeah. by giving him something, right? Whatever that would be. And then Mars would then, because you've got his favour, would do something for you. Okay. So it's a kind okay. of like transactional thing. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Now the Norse gods work in, worked in the same way as well, you know, and that's what it is. It's, it's you, uh, the idea was that the world is essentially random, yeah, but is controlled by these superhuman beings, okay. which are gods, yep. right, which intervene in the world to pull the strings to give either what they want or, if they're in the right mood, what we want. Okay. Right. So if you think back to uh, the beginning of the 1980s Clash of the Titan film, yep. right, where you had the gods in Olympus yeah. and they had all these different uh, figures that they were bringing down and putting them into, into a theatre and just playing around and pulling strings and doing stuff. Yeah. 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 So that that's the... All the other gods in the ancient world were like that, right? right? And I think when people are praying for the football, it's almost like reverting back to that idea of God yeah. as... The, the bringer of favour by, you know, racking up the prayer points, if you see what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, you'd have to get more people praying to God from England, right, to win than from Croatia. Yes. Right. And as Croatia's a Catholic country, I think we'd lose. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if God you know <laughs> if God's on his side, it's definitely not the English <laughs> in that sense. Um but what prayer actually is from a Christian perspective, that the Jews said, no, God isn't like that. What God has done, he has created the world in an ordered way, right? Yep. 
and through that order we are able to perceive his glory so in other words uh, the sun doesn't rise in the morning because uh, Helios or, or because uh, Ras tells it to right God has set the laws yep. so the sun will always rise yes do you see what I mean? And yep. what God does, he maintains the laws of the universe. Yes. Okay? Okay. So, what that means is, really, is that for prayer, God can intervene and does intervene in our lives. Yep. And what I mean by that is physically. But, if he intervenes physically too often, our universe ends up being completely random. Mm. So, if we drop a stone, it always goes down. Yep. Now, that's a very... Jewish and Christian idea, the Greeks and the, the, the Babylonians and all them, they would think, you know, they would have thought, no, it's to do with, you know, the, the gods are doing these different things. So, if I, that's the idea, that God, it's like that film, um, Bruce Almighty, where Bruce is allowed to be God for a week, because God goes on holidays. Yes. And he receives all these prayers by email and because he can't be bothered to read them he just says yes to them all and everybody wins the lottery and, and it just goes it's crazy it's like. very unbalanced isn't it yeah so is there benefit in prayer when it comes to asking for things because you know you know when we've got a loved one that's poorly uh, and we've got someone that we, we just want them to get better or they're having a hard time in life and we, we package up a prayer with that request. What is the benefit of that conversation? Well, there's two things with that. The first thing is God can and does intervene sometimes. Yeah. Right? And the other thing is it's actually to do with a two-way conversation between us and God. Okay. So it's not about just uh, throwing up prayers and hoping for the best. It's actually about... Uh, being with God, uh, talking to God about our deepest desires, mm. right? And then listening to God and in the silence mm. or listening to God through scripture mm. or listening to God through other people, yep. right? And then that's how God helps us in those situations. Yep. Well, I was going to say subjectively, but that's a bit, you know, but, but, you know that yep. sort of thing. The other thing is as well... Um, when we do go through really hard times, and millions of Christians have testified to this, is it's almost as if God holds us up in a way that we can't understand or express. Yeah. Okay. So you you have that sense that 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 you are you are with God, and you have that sense of hope that carries you through in a way that's beyond words. Yeah. So it's almost, um, yeah, that, that, and I think that's as powerful as other things. So um, as an example, um, one of the things I have the greatest privilege I have really as a priest is to do things like the last rites. Yep. Now, when you do that, uh, from a Christian perspective, the greatest healer in life is death itself because we are reborn into, uh, into heaven. Yeah. Right? But at that moment of death, or close to death, even though that can be a really distressing and awful place to be, is in doing the last rites, particularly with the family around, uh, a sense of 
peace, a sense of wonder and a sense of love and unity can transform that awful situation into something which is profoundly wonderful mm. yep. yet profoundly painful. Yep. So I think that's how God intervenes. Yes, physically, but also... Um, you know, also in these other ways as well. The last thing to say about that as well is two things really. Is God, um, because he set the laws of the universe at the beginning of time to bring life, right? Then there is a bit of wiggle room in that, okay, for him to act. But because he's a God of order, he can't wiggle too much because it'll just turn into chaos, Yeah. right? Yeah. The second thing is God's given us free will. Yes, as demonstrated several times within the Bible, isn't there? There's many of a story where we, as just as humans, make decisions that don't always work out for us. Yeah. And, and that free will is reinforced. Yeah, so God can't possess Harry Kane <laughs> and his foot and, and make it kick the ball because then it's taking away the achievement yeah. and the wonder of, of yeah. the England team. Yeah. So they actually then they haven't won. No. And I think that's the other thing, yeah. is that um, sometimes I'd love it if God would take away people's free will, especially when they're irritating me. <laughs> but I don't really want God to take away my free will. Okay, yes. Do, do you yeah, see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yes. Yeah? Is we always want God to control other people. We don't want him to control us. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of saying that prayer, even when you're trying to pray for England to win, it's about actually just letting God in and having a conversation and allowing mm. you to to take yourself along that journey. I mean, I, I guess it's very comparable to the stuff that I do within my work when we do reflective pieces at the ends of simulations of, of resuscitation, when we get the candidate, the learner, the person that's either being tested or being experienced the scenario. We, we're always promoted to use what we call like the learning conversation, mm. where the actual candidate takes them through their own reflective piece and you just direct them along that way. And I guess prayer is like that, where... By even having a conversation with God, you then are empowered to not find the solution yourself, but actually just feel that you're either more acceptive of the problem and actually you're letting God into your life to then steer you to the outcome that is going to happen. Even though we don't know what that's going to be, um, it just allows you to, to make that, that step. Yeah, and the reason that reflective learning is the way it is is because it comes from a, a, a Benedictine model. Yeah. It's it's a I think it's Benedictine. It's definitely monastic anyway. But it's it's that sort of model of yeah. reflective learning, is how uh, monks uh, would teach novices uh, throughout the centuries. So a monk will will very rarely tell you what to do. Mm. He will just ask you a question. And a lead and a good spiritual director yeah. will ask you a leading question, as in a reflective learner would yeah. do so. You say well. What I want you to do is go away and think about why that went wrong, yeah. how you could do it, and then have a conversation about it. Yeah. And and that is how it works with God, is sometimes uh, when we offer up our prayers, we have uh, an answer we don't want to hear. And yeah. usually that's, that's what convinces me it's real, because the thing that um, God, uh, the feeling I get, I get back from God, is the one that I don't want. Okay, yes. 
we discussed this a lot in the Alpha course about the whole concept of prayer and being like a traffic light. Sometimes you'll get the green light, sometimes there will be a very clear red light. Sometimes there'll be something in the middle where actually the outcome won't be what you wanted, but it will be something that, that actually is good for you. And, and sometimes it might not feel that it's right for you, but actually in the end, looking back and reflecting, it ends up being something that was the right thing for you, but you just didn't know it. That's right, uh, and I can I can testify to that in a sense um, that a couple of years ago I fell off my bike around about now, the week before the summer holidays, and bust both my my elbows, which is deeply painful. Um, <laughs> and what happened was uh, I went to to Walsingham. And I've talked about this before. I went to Walsingham, yeah. and uh, my my elbow was healed, right, and it stopped yeah. hurting and all that. Now, actually, out of that whole experience that wasn't the most wonderful thing. The most wonderful thing about that whole experience was to be forced to be vulnerable okay, yes. and to allow my family to look after me yeah. um, and receive that, that love from them in practical ways, like giving me a wash or those sorts of things, yeah. or making me my dinner, yeah. as my, my ladder to do that. Um, and all those different other ways, so that and as well my parish at the time, uh, seeing them uh, flourish and growing confidence because they weren't relying on me as much because they couldn't. Mm. So I think the strange thing about prayer is that when we ask for things, uh, sometimes God says no for a good reason. Yep. And sometimes the answer isn't what we want. But God is with us and is trying to give us sometimes gifts that we don't actually want at first. Okay. But yeah. really are worthwhile. Yes, yes. So let's hope the power of prayer is working on the side of our Christians and we feel a bit more enlightened this evening as they are sitting and watching the uh, the football. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll, what's coming up in the next couple of weeks... Well, we have uh, Beverly's uh, licensing when she goes. Yes, that's to... going to be quite good fun. And there's a big call uh, from the Paris. If you can come along, it would be fantastic uh, to uh, to go along and to celebrate her moving into the next chapter. I know when I saw Howell come into the Paris, it was it was really touching to see actual people that 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 were part of Howell's previous parish that had travelled all the way to Yate uh, to send him on his merry way. It was lovely to see that and it would be fantastic to do the same thing uh, for Beverly. Uh, and so that is coming up very soon. Those details? That's on the 23rd of 23rd of July at 7.30 and that's at Kingswood. Lovely. So that's going to be a bit of a to-do, a lovely, a lovely gathering of fellow Christians and sending uh, Beverly on her way. So uh, if you are able to do that, then I think you just need to turn up. Uh, you'll clearly see uh, the familiar faces of members of the Yate Parish latch on to us. Uh, and we will try and record some audio of that evening uh, to feature for a future episode to celebrate that uh, that fantastic achievement in Beverly's next chapter. And the last thing to, to mention, because it's the summer really, is that's, that's coming up, is we are joining together with the uh, Froomside Benefice in our mission area to uh, hold a... Um, a walk and a barbecue and that's on the 2nd of September uh, at our bus free but check out the website for some more details 
when me and Malcolm sit down and arrange it properly. It sounds very <laughs> exciting. And I think, you know, we've all we've all appreciated that we are working together and there's some real lovely nuggets of great togetherness occurring. It'd be nice to get together, wouldn't it? Yeah. And of course, you're listening to this on Sunday or beyond Sunday. But uh, if you are listening to it, then of course, yesterday was the Midsummer Madness. Which is going to be a fantastic event, I'm told. Yeah, it should be. It's, I've got I've got my pulley system here next to me. I've got my fishing line for the, the teddies. We're going to be doing the parachuting teddies. So I'm looking forward to that. And, and it's a great thing is something like Midsummer Madness because it shows the church at its best with people working together in unity um, to, to just have fun and yeah. just celebrate being alive, really. It's great. It's going to be good. And so both Harold and I are going to be here and uh, we will record some audio uh, and I can imagine there'll be lots of videos available on our social media platforms. But if you need to find more information, then just go to our website, gateparish.org.uk. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and you can find more online at www.yateparish.co.uk. Or you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher and the Apple and Android SoundCloud app. This is a podcast to connect you to the Parish of Yate. If you want anything to feature on the podcast in the future, then please get in touch with us. You can do this by visiting our website. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening and God God bless. bless.